Welcome to Voices on Art, the Van Horn Gallery podcast hosted by Daniela Steinfeld. This special episode is produced in collaboration with Independent Art Fair New York City. It will be part of the Fair's OVR for its next edition from September 9 to 12, 2021. I'm Daniela, and this podcast is about my personal and also about a lot of other people's enthusiasm for art. Art can touch on all parts of life, and therefore we talk about all parts of life. I hope to get you on board and to tell you interesting stories you enjoy listening to. We're recording via the internet, so please excuse any glitches and sound quality. Episode 38, recorded June 23, 2021. My guest today is Hannah Ward, artist, painter, and co-founder of the ceramics brand Uno and Ichi. Hi, Hannah. Very nice to have you. Hi. So nice to be here. You write that you look for guidance from the people that came before you, like your ancestors when you paint. Was it also that connection to your ancestors that gave you the impulse to become an artist in the first place? Please, could you tell me a bit more about your background, your upbringing, and the moments that made you realize you would like to be an artist? Sure. I, I think that, at least for me, I'm sure for a lot of people, you know, you, you wonder about the people, you know, in your lineage, the people that came before you and how their stories and experiences have influenced where you are. And I think also being a Black American and having some of that history clouded, you know, not knowing exactly where you're from and exactly where, where your people came to um, when they came to the Americas. Mm -hmm. So I think that that kind of mystery definitely is like a question that I explore in my work. It's something that I'm researching on my own. And I think that that quest kind of plays a role in my work. And that was also part of being brought up, part of your family, because that is something I really am always very interested in. How did somebody grow up? What did the education or family or background add to this person probably becoming an artist? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, my parents are both artists, but not necessarily professional artists. I mean, my mom is, she's a graphic designer and a writer and a poet. That was kind of, you know, more of her professional job. But um, my dad also does a lot of graphic design work. He works in newspapers, like college newspapers. And so, but they both painted when they, you know, they don't as much anymore, but they did a lot definitely when I was younger too. Mm -hmm. And did that have an influence on you in a, obviously in a positive way? Yes. Definitely. I remember I went to a, also a very creative elementary school. Mm -hmm. And in the mornings, my dad would take me to school and we'd paint for like the first hour of school. <laughs> so, yeah. So that is kind of like something that is so natural to you. You grew up with it that you didn't have to think long about it when you decided to become an artist. Well, when I was younger, I didn't really think I would become an artist. I knew that I loved to paint. I think mm -hmm. that was clear to me when I was young. And of course, like most young people, you have art projects in school. And so I always loved those. And in eighth grade, I sort of had a resurgence. I started getting Ikea furniture and painting it, painting characters on the side or people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that was kind of also another moment when I, I realized, oh, I, I really like doing this. I'm seeking this out for myself. 
I participated in the Ryman Arts Program here in LA. So that's like weekend classes that you can take for young, like middle school students. Mm -hmm. But I never thought that I would become an artist. I, I kind of was brought up to think I need a, you know, a job that gives you healthcare and <laughs> steady paycheck. And I, I was very studious too, um, ac- very academic. So I think I felt that there were a lot of other options to me also. And when did it fall into that direction that you said, oh, no, now I have to become a painter? Yeah. So I studied education. I went to Brown University and I loved my, I thought I would study art. I didn't love I didn't love um, <laughs> one of the main um, advisor there who would kind of teach all my art classes. And um, I loved my education classes uh-huh. and I fell into that path. And for me, it was, that was a way I was, I was really interested in the education system, especially for mm-hmm. black students. I was fascinated by the way the the American education system you know, how it does a poor job of, um, oh, okay. of supporting students, particularly black students and how just, yeah, just that whole, the whole history of education in the country too was fascinating to me. And so I went in that path. How did they do a poor job? I, that's something I would like to know. How, how poor is that job? Well, there's just so many different angles. It's hard, it's hard to say. Um, like one thing, for example, is the way teachers reprimand Black students versus students of other races and how it kind of builds this dynamic and this mental, like, sort of attitude or understanding for Black students about kind of, like, their connection to police and, like, the school-to-prison pipeline. Oh. I think what, what really fascinated me also is the way you know, learning was illegal here for Black people when they were first brought here and for years after. And and just how that transition happened, right, to desegregating schools and what that looked like and what Black students had access to as far as education. So those are the things that also come from generations and generations in the present and still play a role now. And this is also why you got interested in what the generations before you contributed to to what you are doing now? Yeah, I would say so, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and so after I graduated, I took a teaching job working with citizen schools in Oakland, and I found, I loved the students, but I didn't love teaching. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was right for me. I felt mm-hmm. it didn't suit my skill set. Mm-hmm. I felt I was really really trying to be something that felt unnatural to me. Mm-hmm. It was hard to be the straight from college and be the authority in a classroom yeah, <laughs> of yeah. eighth graders. <laughs> my first job, yeah. And it also was the first time in my life I had a full-time job and I didn't have room for art. You know, before that I had classes where even though I was studying other things, I always had an art class. It was always very much a part of my life. And so I think that's when I started to realize, I just started to realize at that moment who I was, you know, what I actually wanted. I never really thought about those things in college. Mm. But by doing something you didn't really like so much, suddenly you realized what you liked. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And 
And I read this book that really um, mm. changed my perspective. Yeah, it's called uh, Women Who Run With the Wolves. Great title. Okay. Yes, it's fascinating. It kind of is almost like a course correction book, if you will, for women who have lost touch with their creative self. Oh, okay. um, but it's done in a very creative way. The author, Clarissa Pinkola Estes, she, she does it through stories that she's collected over time that people have told through generations. And she analyzes the stories and shows, here's how this story is a demonstration of this part of the psyche. And this, you know, it's fascinating. I love the book. I, I go back to it often. As I read that, I thought, oh, I think I've, I think I've been disconnected from my, from my creative self in some ways. And so I moved, I moved back home. I moved in with my mom. <laughs> I, um, I, t I started small jobs when I came back and I started taking ceramic classes. Ah, so ceramic was the thing then first when, when you decided to hone your artistic self. Yeah, I'd um, noticed a lot of ceramic pieces in the previous years that were very interesting to me and I wanted to try to make something like that. But I, I never had the opportunity before. None mm -hmm. of the schools or programs I participated in had any ceramic programs. So I'd, I'd never really, you know, worked with clay before. And so the community colleges around LA all have really great ceramic programs. So I enrolled and I would spend as many hours as I could there because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't have a full-time job and I could, and I wanted to get good really fast. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. So yeah, it started with ceramics, making art a part of my everyday. Yeah, it started there. Mm -hmm. Obviously you painted before, you said you were painting mm -hmm. even with your father when you were really small. How can I imagine your process going into painting mm -hmm. or going into ceramic? What's the first impulse? What's like where you say, oh, I want to go in that direction or that, or that direction? Yeah, well, my mom was very kind. My mom and my stepdad, they made a like, they have a covered backyard area and they mm. made a, a paint station for me. And so at night I would, I would paint out there. But I remember being frustrated because I didn't know you know, what is, what's my style? What am I painting? Yes, what yes, does it exactly. look like? All the, all the different variables. And so, you know, I did, I did what I could <laughs> at the time. My, my mom actually, she used to read poetry a lot at this place called Beyond Baroque here in LA. It's been mm -hmm. around a long time and they have a very small gallery upstairs. And she said, you know, I think you could have a show there. Do you want me to ask them? And I said, yeah, of course. And so she connected that for me. She got that show for me. And so that was the first time I got kind of, you know, ready to show some work. And, you know, it, those pieces look different from my work now. Yeah. But, you know, what, what it ended up happening is I used to paint a lot of characters, kind of like not really human. What are mm -hmm. they? Kind of creature characters. And once I started really getting into the ceramics, I think a lot of that energy, that proclivity to do that went into my ceramic work. Mm -hmm. And it kind of made my paintings become much more, you know, human figure focused. Uh, because you could express the other part in the ceramics. Yes, yes, mm -hmm. exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
Now, that's interesting because as far as I understood or what I could read about it, your paintings of people are not really portraits of existing persons, but, but rather draw on heroes or images of a more collective or archetypical origin. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. I think I'm really interested in the archetype. And I think mm. that's why I love the, the Women Who Run With the Wolves book, too. That's exactly what that author does. She looks at archetypes and stories and lessons that we can pull And I think I do the same thing in looking through history. And I think that when I'm creating paintings, I'm often ruminating or meditating on an energy or an archetype or just the ness, the being of, of something, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> of, of the quality mm -hmm. of something. So like a formless being and you try to give it form. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Mm. And so is it more that you're looking inside than outside? So you're the, the sources you're looking at to get an image done of, of a person or an archetype? Is that coming from the inside then? I think it's coming from the inside, but I, mm. I also feel, to me, it feels like sometimes like the world is a scavenger hunt and I am on the hunt for something that I don't exactly know yet. But when I find pieces, I know that it's right. Mm -hmm. And I feel very much that way when I'm working on a body of work. I'll be led to a book. I, I actually use books a lot, a lot for my inspiration. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of, a lot of reading or audiobooks to kind of prepare for a body of work and I feel like one book will lead me to another, to another. For example, my previous paintings from the last show that I had were mostly about looking inward at your mind, mm -hmm. what kind of thoughts are coming through your mind. And this just really about this simple idea of what, what are you planting there? What are you letting grow? You know? Mm. And um, that was influenced by a lot of books that I had read about the mind and your power to foster your, you know, kind of like feed good thoughts and, mm. and stop bad thoughts, or at least pay attention to what thoughts are helping you mm -hmm. and what thoughts maybe aren't. Mm -hmm. And that was new information to me. So it really <laughs> it stuck with me. <laughs> mm -hmm. There's the blank canvas. Mm -hmm. And how can I imagine then the process of bringing those inner visions or those inner thoughts on the canvas? What, what, how do you start with that? Yeah, you know, I, I think for me, I'm starting to realize that it's really subconscious for me. Even for these last paintings that I did, I just drew them all, painted them all. I didn't think about what I was doing. And once I kind of got them out there and I'm still, you know, refining them, working on them, I started to look at, okay, what is, what did I just do? <laughs> you know? Ah, yeah. Okay. So first it comes the subconscious and then you think you can probably adjust at some point. Yes. Yes. Sometimes it'll start with a known thing. Sometimes, mm -hmm. sometimes the known thing will just be, I want to use these three colors together and it, it doesn't really have to do with the subject matter. But yeah, it's, it's very much, I think, a flow of subconscious. And then I'll look at it 
and say, what is this, you know, saying to me? What do I, how do I see these relating? And Mm -hmm. very often it's just very much about what I, of course, what I've been thinking about the past few months (laughs) reading about. (laughs) So, yeah. At some point you say you're trying to get rid of ego Is that also part of this process or is this uh, more spiritually related? I think both. I think that I do try to get rid of ego while I'm painting. Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes I forget. (laughs) Oftentimes I forget about that. But I know that the moments I feel the most joy in painting Mm -hmm. are those moments when I've kind of forgotten about the agenda, even, you know, my agenda or Mm -hmm. anything like that. And I'm really just finding joy in paint itself. I I really love paint as a material. Mm -hmm. And I I like when paint sort of shows its paintiness in certain (laughs) certain areas. So it has also a physical quality you like, just something physical in it. Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I I also definitely think it's a spiritual process. And Mm -hmm. I, I think that in the scheme of my life, I think I'm sort of at the beginning of a, a spiritual journey, a spiritual connection. Mm-hmm. And I see my painting space and my painting work as very much a, a spiritual connection, a spiritual experience. And now you're, you're having shows. You will have also a show in a gallery in New York. You will have a show at Independent. You will present your works there. Do you feel that the art world is friendly towards these kinds of thoughts? Well, lucky for me, I don't know too much about the art world <laughs> and True. too much attention. <laughs> so, so I'm not sure. And I try not to think about it too mm-hmm. much. I try not to let any of that come into yeah, what I'm doing in my studio. The only thing that can really seep in is time, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, oh, this has to be made by a certain time for a certain thing. But even that, I try to just (laughs) relax and, you know, yeah, I think that I I try to really focus on the things that I'm trying to work through for myself when I'm, when I'm painting. Mm -hmm. So the most joy you get is just in the process of painting itself. And yes. you said before that you express something in your ceramics and something different in your paintings, but you have this brand also, Uno and Ichi. How is that related? Because that is also usable stuff. Mm-hmm. How do you mm-hmm. see that in relation to your artwork? Is that all coming from the same pool or are those different branches? Yeah, I think that there are some similarities But Mm -hmm. I do try to make distinctions. I try to make them different branches, I guess. And I think that it is sort of like different energies that I'm trying to tap into, like the manifestations of of a particular like spirit. And I don't mean like spirit necessarily like religious way or or spiritual way, but a spirit as, as far as like a quality of something. I think that there are certain like spirit that, that are animated in Unoichi and, and different kind of spirits that are animated in my painting work. They're different. And I tried to tap into them and, br- and bring them about in the work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And 
Why did you found Uno Ichi? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think, you know, honestly, I think it started with that transition in my life out of teaching and mm, seeing a okay. lot of ceramics around and me feeling like I could make this. <laughs> I can make this. I can maybe make this better. You know, <laughs> there's that kind of feeling of what I want to make this, you know, and I think ceramics satisfies something in me that I've had since I was little, which is this desire to build something that looks so much like the real thing. Like I used to like to try to make magazines. Of course, they didn't look anything like magazines because I didn't have like the actual printer and stuff. But, you know, I I'd put in work to try to, you know, make it look like uh-huh. how a magazine would be laid out or something. But I really loved, like I found a lot of joy in oh, look, I made this and it looks like something you can buy. Uh, okay. <laughs> so I think for ceramics, you know, it's perfect because you don't need too much equipment to, mm -hmm. to basically do that. And then it looks like a cup, like a real yes, cup. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so, so that is like a kind of innocent motivation in a way, like a, like a childlike, very playful uh, motivation. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Oh, okay. So you will have a solo show with the gallery Misses and Queens. And just before that, you will have this presentation at the Independent Art Fair. And the Independent Art Fair will be kind of like your premiere, your debut in New York City, mm -hmm. which is quite exciting. And mm -hmm. it's a big leap, isn't it? I, I could imagine. And, and what would you like to show to New York City? And what would you like New York City to know and see about you? Yeah, you know, actually that question just sort of popped into my head yesterday. Um, <laughs> I think where my mind has been is mostly on the continuation from the last body of work I made and all the things that I've learned since then. For example, the last body of work focused on the fertile ground of your mind. And I, I made this kind of, you know, analogy of your mind and land. And since then, since that show, I've done a lot of research on soil and how to build quality soil, kind of building, just building off that metaphor. Mm -hmm. And I've learned so many things about soil now and phytoremediation, which is fascinating where, you know, plants can actually kind of clean the soil, clean metals and toxins out of the soil. And so I'm really interested in kind of like continuing on this metaphor and, and seeing what kind of images I can create related to that. And so that's kind of where my mind is. As I was, you know, sketching things yesterday, I had that initial thought of, huh, I wonder I'm not in New York right now. I'm not sure where people's minds are mentally mm -hmm. in New York. You know, I'm, I wonder if this will connect with people. Um, I just got, I just had that, that first thought of, hmm, I wonder how people will see this or receive this. But I think it's something that I can wonder about, but I, it's not something I feel I can do anything about. So, so that question mm -hmm. is like, what, what, how will New York, you know, receive me or see me? I, it's kind of like, well, I can only do... <laughs> what I can. What do you want to say, probably? What, what do you want to show? Probably that's the better question. Hmm. What do I want to show? 
of you or, or yeah. you know, because yeah. usually I think even if you do it for yourself in your studio and it's the process of painting and you love it, but still a, it's a form of communication. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I might need to think more deeply on that question. Because I, I, the things that come to mind when you ask that are I, I want to show a certain color scheme that feels like me. I want to show mm -hmm. a certain texture that feels like me, that feels a certain line. And I know that maybe sounds simple, but those things, I'm always trying to do those things and I don't always get to them. You know, they're mm -hmm. not as easy to do. And sometimes I think being able to create work that it, it's very feeling based to me. Yeah. I guess the feeling that I'd want to communicate in the work is definitely a connection to land and maybe a look forward or looking around or some kind of where we are or, or what our actions are. But I, I do feel kind of like a moment of looking at our connection to soil and to the land. Yeah. Mm, okay. And do you feel connected to, to the land where you are, where you're living? Is that something that plays a role for you? It's something that I'm trying to do. I, I'm reading this book right now called Braiding Sweetgrass that is really amazing. And I am trying to be in better relationship with the land for sure. But it's definitely a new thing. I just started composting. We still don't have composting in Los Angeles <laughs> or, you know, composting cans out front. But so I've been taking my compost somewhere and that has felt really good because it feels like I'm I'm feeding the soil and I think that that mentally it feels good <laughs> like I'm not just dumping um, the food to go to a landfill to decompose and cause greenhouse emissions so it's it feels like you know in a small way I'm I'm doing something right but even more so it feels like I'm making a connection in a cycle Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that Los Angeles is very much a city. And I think, you know, since the pandemic, I've started taking a lot more walks and yep. making walks, yeah, part of my everyday and noticing nature in a way that I hadn't before, even in, you know, a city with mostly concrete sidewalks, but just noticing birds and mm. different kinds of trees. And I definitely think I'm in a phase of, of, doing my best to to reconnect yeah mm -hmm. and just to go back to the first thought of the people that came before you are they something like the soil but more for your inner life do you ask them also for help or for inspiration mm. or how do you connect with that yeah hmm. i i can't say that i feel a direct connection mm -hmm. in the way that Some other people, you know, feel like they're really in communication with their ancestors. Mm -hmm. I haven't felt that yet, but I do feel supported and I do think about them often. Mm -hmm. And I think that I also am looking towards farther back than I even really know. You know, I'm kind of almost looking towards the 
part in my lineage where there's a big question mark, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's also why I, I don't exactly feel um, like I'm in, in direct communication because I, I don't really know. It, it's formless almost in a sense. Like I don't know who I'm talking to or, but yeah. So I actually have this like deep, deep fascination with Haiti, IT. It started years ago because I didn't even really know about the Haitian Revolution and the details of it. And it is fascinating to me. And I think it just being the symbol of Black liberation Mm -hmm. is fascinating to me. And the fact, the connection to the land in the same way is, I feel like, really feeds back into my work. But I often wonder, (laughs) why am I so fascinated with this place in the, you know, this place in the world? And I, I feel this like richness of stories. And sometimes I, I wonder, like, is my lineage connected to this place in some way? Mm. But, you know, not, it isn't that I know of, you know. Yeah, so I, I don't know if I can actually know for sure those kinds of things. But this like quest for answering, like bringing myself back to the land and the soil, I think really is the way to like be connected to all of our ancestors, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because that's, that's just how life works. Well, yes, everybody has been part of the earth at some point. Yeah, we decompose, you know, back mm, yeah. to the soil. To come back to the upcoming projects, so there is this connection to soil you're exploring that you probably will be bringing to, to New York, to the independent. So that is another thread. You said before that you all very, very often draw your inspiration from books. Oh, yeah. To create new paintings for independent. Yeah, I'm reading this book, Farming While Black. And actually, it's about Soul Fire Farm, which actually is in upstate New York. So maybe it will be well received by New York. Yeah, so that book is definitely heavily influencing my work right now. I hope my brain, my subconscious can kind of put it all together in mm-hmm. time for, to, you know, to, to express itself for this fair, but that's definitely what I'm thinking about and where the work is planning to go. So it's going to be brand new and it's not existing yet. Exactly. I, yeah, it's in its very early stages, just maybe sketches and little bit small paintings. Yeah. I suppose you will be going to New York then for that. And what are you looking most forward at the fair and at Independent and also in New York generally? Oh, um, I've only participated in one fair and it was over um, the pandemic. So it was mm-hmm. online. Um, so that will be exciting to, I kind of didn't realize, oh, it's happening in person. <laughs> I can actually go and stand there. I'm excited to just be there and, and see the other artworks too, um, see what other people are yeah. working on. Yeah, I haven't been to New York in a long time. I have a friend there who has a acupuncture practice, so I'm really excited to go try that <laughs> while I'm there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So yeah, I'm really curious to see what uh, what will come out of all these inner and outer processes. So thank you so much, Hannah, for talking to me. Thank you so much for having me. This was a special Voices on Art episode created in collaboration with Independent Art Fair New York. Listen to it on Spotify, 
Apple Podcasts or the platform of your choice, on our website van-home.net, and from September on in the independent OVR at independenthq.com. Follow Independent Art Fair on Instagram at independent underscore HQ and the podcast at Voices on Art and at van underscore horn underscore Düsseldorf. Thank you for listening to Voices on Art, the Van Horn Gallery podcast hosted by Daniela Steinfeld. Stay tuned and connect.